You're listening to The Blend. Drum and bass interviews for Lowering Theory. With the Reverend Kathy Russell. Thanks for tuning in. My guests today are Inna Kay and also Agent 137, also known as Kelly Ross. And we are here at the La Salva event in San Antonio, Texas. And uh, yeah, my first guest is Kelly. Hello, Kelly. How are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm very good. Thanks for coming out to The Blend. As you can tell, we are on the scene <laughs> instead of being in the studio today because we are at an all-female show that's going on tonight, which I'm couldn't miss so had to come out for that so um tell us about yourself now kelly you're from uh, you live in new york correct yes Uh okay i live in brooklyn i'm from rochester new york and one of the reasons why i'm here today is because the promoter used to live in new york and now he lives in san antonio so he booked me for this show tonight now, do you and the promoter, do you, uh, his name is uh, Flex. Uh, now, do you, the two of you know, know each other for a long time? Um, actually, I've known him, oh, now I gotta think like pre-pandemic years. Yeah, we've known each other for a while. Um, I didn't know him when I lived in Rochester and um, I had started DJing like way after I lived there. So I met up with him at some point. We're gonna blow away. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> there's a hurricane. <laughs> oh no, just kidding. It wasn't but the wind wasn't this bad when we got here. No, but yeah, no, no, it's it's picking up. But I, I think if we just hold on, we can do this, right? <laughs> so um, I I linked up with him. Uh, a couple of friends had recommended for me to um, hit him up when I went to go home to visit, and he was like, "Heck yeah, let's put us on, you know, a lineup and." Um, met with me and has been very hospitable to me like throughout the years. So it's it's kind of cool to come here to San Antonio for my first time. Yeah. Yeah. Now, have you been to Texas before? Um, I've been to Texas for uh, like maybe work conferences and stuff like that. So oh, yeah, for, that doesn't count. No, it doesn't count. You know, that's a convention center where you're sitting in the convention center the whole time. So now they have a big festival here called Fiesta. Are you going to go see any of the Fiesta stuff here while we, it's going on? We did. We went to we did some Fiesta and we did the Riverwalk today. Well, surely you saw some mariachis. You have to see some mariachis when you're in San Antonio. We did, we did. And um, we went to the basement in the Alamo. (laughs) That was a fun time. You finally saw where it was. (laughs) That's right. We finally saw the basement at the Alamo, which is, you know, that was always on the checklist to do. Did you really go see the Alamo? We did, but there's no basement. No. <laughs> I know there's no basement. <laughs> I know you do. Yeah, yeah we did. We, awesome I, we, we kind of did a little bit of a loop around. We didn't do the, the tour for it, but that's okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, going outside is usually, is. is usually enough. Yeah, 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 like there's the Alamo. Okay. Yeah, I think I did the tour when I was little, and yeah. then that's about it. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, well, that's great. How long have you been DJing for? Um, I've been DJing for about 12 years. Oh, okay. Yeah, fairly fairly new, I guess, if you will. I'm not a, a veteran veteran, but um, I know enough to be dangerous. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Now, are you, what's your, what's your medium of choice? Are you vinyl? Are you controller? Are you CDJs? Um, I started right when um, they start, they stopped making tech. So I went into CDJs. And um, now I live in a very small space, so I have a controller, um, but I've had turntables, CDJs. I, I, I prefer the technology, to be honest. It, it's so much easier <laughs> just to use that. It's a lot lighter to pick up than vinyl. Right, right, exactly. You know, my USB is in my bra, so. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> and, and the jack. Nature's so, purse. Just in case. <laughs> There's other ones there, just in case. I can't, but. Um, yeah, it's just so much easier to use that and the technology that they have now is just insane. So, 
just trying to like keep up with that and, and, and do that. Or if you want to, you could just plug it in and, and you know play the songs and beat match. We could do that too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now, do you like to beat match or do you prefer to just go ahead and let that be and then focus on using your effects and right. your and your layering and things like that? Um, yeah, I, I do like to beat match. I actually feel like the sync button is fine for people to use. I have no problem with that whatsoever. Yes, it's very controversial. What, right, it's so controversial. And I'm like, just do what you want to do, um, how you want to do it, whatever works for you, I think is great. Um, usually I don't because I feel like it does mess up <laughs> at times. Yes. And then you're like, oh, because it's, it's stuck in there and you don't know how to do it. You can't beat match with something that's not correct on the grid so um i would prefer to just trust myself rather than the technology when it comes to that so okay fantastic so um you've been djing for now do you do you just do drum and bass you've been djing for 12 years you said mm -hmm. uh do you just do drum and bass or do you do other styles as well i do other styles as well um i feel that i'm mostly booked for drum and bass which is fine with me um, but every once in a while they'll squeak in with like a breaks or house set and I get to branch out and do some different stuff sometimes. That's great. Yeah. It's good to diversify. Yeah. 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 I do a few yeah. different styles myself. Yeah, Drum and bass is still good. the number one. Yeah. Um, but then I also do, yeah, I do down tempo and then I do maybe house every once in a great while. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, but I used to DJ anything. I, I would joke that I would DJ anything with a paycheck at the end of it. <laughs> so I used to do, uh, but I was DJing full time. Right. So right. I was doing weddings and quinceaneras and. Yes. my club gigs the and everything thing. yeah the yes. whole thing yes. yeah the whole thing yeah yeah but i was becoming socially uh awkward from being at the nighttime in bars and and uh people getting drunk all the time so right, right. i had to do some day worker work yeah right you gotta see people <laughs> in the light too you gotta have a balance light and dark <laughs> no this is interesting because i um uh that you've been your experience over the past 12 years uh because i've been djing for 20 years um, probably a little bit more than that, but just, um, I, I can't help but not ask about your experience as a woman in the industry. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, for me there, it was a very big uphill climb. I'm sure. Yes. Thank um, you, <laughs> you know, uh, even just doing drum and bass here. Cause I was, there was, drum, there was no drum and bass. We right. had to build the scene. Yes. So there was that hurdle, but just as, but just getting, I, I found that, that I, that I had to work harder as a woman down here, mm -hmm. um, to earn the respect. Right. Uh, but uh, uh, how has your experience been? Has you felt have you felt that it's been a plus, a minus, that it's had no effect at all in your experience? Right. Um, I'm not sure that it's really had an effect on my experience because I know that there are women that have paved the way for that. Um, I think that there are perceptions that are are difficult to get around um, sometimes on social media and. Um, I don't know. I don't think, I think that what, one of the things that does frustrate me is actually, and I, I don't mean to say this at this place, but there's a reason why I'm going to say that is because, um, is being booked in all female, um, lineups. Some women hate it. Some women some, don't care. Correct. I don't care. You don't care. So I don't care either, but my whole thing with it is I don't want it to be sexualized. I don't want it to be the gimmick. And I would, I, I will not play on a lineup that does. So, um, you know, I talked to him because obviously there's all women that are playing tonight. Right. And um, it wasn't advertised as that. So I'm okay with it if it's not advertised yet. Because I think that, you know, we deserve to be at the table. 
there is no reason why we shouldn't. Agreed. Agreed. And I don't know, just putting us all on a lineup and then being like all women, like it's it just fetish. It's a, it's a fetish at that point. So I I do respect that there are people that will put us all on lineups just because they want they think that we should be there, right? Right. Yeah. So Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Right. I get that point of view. Right. I think that um, sometimes things that would frustrate me just by being a woman is like, okay, so I heard this the other day. You don't look like a DJ. You don't, you, it's, it's, and I'm like, what do you mean I don't look like, look a, like DJ? a DJ? Yes. Like, what do you have to look like to have a passion for music? What do you have to look like to rock the decks? Like, you don't have to look a certain way to do that, but some people will outright just say that to you and it's like, okay. So I don't look like the girl on TV. Right. That's okay. That's okay. And you know what? If you think that that's the way that I should look, that don't look when I'm when I'm rocking. Turn your face. away. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Turn away. That's fine. I also did have somebody say that to me. I had a woman say that to me, and when I, when she said it to me, she said, "I kind of got offended." And afterwards, she's like, "No." She's like, "That's awesome." She's like, "I think that that gives." a different perspective you know like you don't have to look there is another dj by the way dj kelly ross there's a reason why i don't have that name and she's very tall and lanky lanky and and blonde and very oh yeah so like sometimes we get mixed up i'm not i'm not tall and lanky i am blonde kind (laughs) of you know is she up is she in that area as well she's in amsterdam i believe Oh, okay yeah no it's not anywhere near so uh, but people do like they they think that they're contacting her and then they get me or vice versa yes and she's not a german-based dj oh okay yeah so uh, I just think that's kind of funny. It's probably why I haven't heard of her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. She's techno. Now, I understand you got some shows coming up. I uh, do, I do. Now, you, you, you play all over. All, uh, you, don't just st- you don't just stay in that area. You, right, right. Okay, like you've yeah. got something coming up in, New or- in uh, Louisiana you were talking yes, about? Yes, I have New Orleans um, next weekend at Jungle Punch. And um, I'm part of a collective in New York City called Driven AM. And we've got quite a few shows coming up. Um, I also have something in Connecticut on the 1st of May called um, Juiced, Get Buzzed. And um, Driven AM, we have a lot of shows coming up. We have Bachelors of Science um, next weekend. Too. Yeah, we've had them. We have them down here quite a bit. Yep. Cardinal mm-hmm. Sound. Mm-hmm. Um, we've got New Tone coming, Box Plot. Um, we've got our annual, bar- bar- uh, annual barbecue, which is the 17th annual barbecue. And um, Calyx TV, Random Movement, DB, we're, we're, we're rocking through the summer. Like, we're taking advantage of the fact that um, pandemic is, is, you know, I'm not going to jinx it. It's, it. We're going forward. We're going forward. We're going to get it done and, and have some fun. A lot of the stuff is outside, so we can, so I don't know have a little bit of a now in that area i know that they were requiring testing to go to restaurants yes um are you requiring a test or uh or vaccination proof to for your events we've really struggled with that in my in yeah, my events it was, yeah. how we approach that when this is all of our friends and they're going to be like what the hell man and, right you know right, right it's been really tough approaching that subject mm-hmm. as a small entity right agree and we've had a lot of discussion on that we did have to cancel a few shows because we just didn't feel that it was safe so we were going to have Ben soundscape out um in january and oh um, awesome yeah we had omicron and, and colette too so colette warren 
um, Omicron just kind of went through and, and got everyone. <laughs> got everyone. Yeah, I yeah, heard. Almost, <laughs> almost. Yeah, just about. And um, so we didn't do that one. And then um, we had Justin Hawks in February that was coming out. And we really had to, like, um, look at the numbers and all that. We didn't, we didn't have – New York stopped um, – making people have vaccinations um, to get into restaurants and bars maybe a week before we had that show. Oh, wow. So, so we felt like if New York is going to drop it, we could feel okay about that. So it was indoors. Um, I have most of this stuff with me still. Like we bought stacks of masks and we've got these little Purell things for people to use if they want to. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, knock on wood, that was acceptable at the time. And um, now we're now we're going back outdoors. Great. So, so we feel better being outdoors. And, you know, some of the stuff is indoors, some of it's outdoors, but I feel I feel much better myself personally. Yes, I my my events have been outdoors and, and I've, in I've, I've, I've yeah in the wind, in including, the wind. This <laughs> including this one. <laughs> hey, it's breezy. <laughs> it does feel great, it does but it's feel good. not it so does. great on microphones. Yeah, yes. Yeah, yeah. Well, thank you, Kelly, for yeah, thank, uh, you. thank you for, dri for driving. Thank you for flying down and playing thank this you. show. Yes, and absolutely. thank you for joining us here on the blend. Thank you. And uh, check her out. Oh, do you have a SoundCloud? Do you yes. have a MixCloud? Yep, SoundCloud, MixCloud. You can find me at at agent 137 it's 137 um instagram i'm double agent 137 and um yeah all right well i'll put those links in the description as well okay. so uh if you uh uh are enjoying this interview and want to check her out uh go ahead and click the links that are in the description but uh thank you for thank you to Glenn, Glenn, and yes. this is kelly ross all right have a good night thank you bye you all <laughs> Hey, this is Kathy, and we're back, and uh, this time I am talking with Miss Ina Kay, who has a, a recent Texas transplant, uh, came here from New York, but is originally from Ukraine. Yes, but I grew up in Washington, D.C., actually. Oh, you're from the, you're from the D.C. crew as well? Yes, I am. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so do you know uh, Kelly that's playing here tonight already from that area? Uh, actually, I don't think we lived in D.C. at the same time, but D.C. is how I got started in drum and bass back at the Nation nightclub in the late 90s, early 2000s. And Excellent. That's where I grew up, um, but I've been in New York for the past like a little bit over a decade before coming to Austin. Oh, really? Okay. Now, how would you say, I always want to know how the scene is and when I talk, bring on a guest in that area, so how would you say the scene compares... Uh, these are three big areas here, but how would you say the scene compares D.C. to, say, New York? So, it's kind of hard to make that comparison because uh, I feel like there's always been a lot of overlap. Like, that just the entire East Coast corridor. Uh, growing up, we would drive up from D.C. all the time, and then when there would be really big parties in D.C., people would come down from, like, New York, Philadelphia, so it would be... Um, Washington DC, then ex Baltimore, then Philly, and then New York. And you will see when a lot of DJs are doing tours, they will usually play DC New York back to back shows. Oh really? Yes, yes. Which is like great because 
you know, I got to see them in one city, and if not, I got to see them in another city. And, you know, if somebody came to, like, let's say New York, I'd be like, oh, my friend is throwing the party you're playing at tomorrow. It's really exciting. That's cool. How long? I mean, I, I, I don't get out to the East Coast very much, I, I will admit. Uh, so pardon my naivete. Uh, how, how long is the drive from, like, D.C. to, where like, one of the shows you would go to in New York? Um, so it really widely depends on the traffic. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know. Driving the way I used to drive, you could maybe sometimes make it in four and a half hours. Okay. <laughs> but usually between five and a half and six hours. Now, would you ever drive just to go to the show and then drive straight back, or would you usually stay the night? Oh, um, I definitely have. I don't think I could do it being older. Right. I remember at one point when I was, you know, getting out of high school, like early college, um, I would play a show in Virginia Beach mm-hmm. on Friday. So I'd get out of school in D.C., drive down to Virginia Beach, and then drive to Philly to play a show, and then be back for school on, uh, the following day. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> yes. Marathon. Nice. Yeah. I mean, when you're younger, you have that kind of energy, right? Yes. We, uh, we used to go, I used to play Houston a lot. Um, that was part of my beat, so to speak. And when I was younger, we used to just go play the show and come back. And if you are on your way back from Houston to Austin, if you miss a turn at a, this is a FYI now that you live here now. Right, right. But if you miss that turn in Columbus, girl, you are sailing here to San Antonio. <laughs> and that you've just added two hours onto your trip. So, yes, and you're tired, well, onto your your other trip as well of being tired <laughs> and maybe tripping. Um, but yeah, uh, so that's good to know. Uh, I was a trooper then, but now I probably would have to stay myself as well. Yeah, my, my day job has me waking up really early. Mm-hmm. Like this morning, I woke up pretty early as well, just because like you get used to it, you're like, six o'clock, right yes. shine. And then, you know, <laughs> go, go play till two in the morning, good luck. <laughs> nice. Now, do you live in San Antonio or are you in, you're in, uh, in Austin? I'm in Austin. I thought so. Okay. So initially when um, I was thinking about coming here temporarily and it just like really quickly snowballed into like just a full on move. Uh, my company has an office in Austin. Oh, okay. And I, I was in the amidst the full lockdown in New York, and I needed a little bit more room to work. My tiny apartment didn't have room for a desk, so I was like, you know, at this point, like anything is a welcome change, and I knew they wouldn't really be able to give me a lot of pushback if I moved to a city where the office existed so nice and I had been coming to visit Austin for like 14 years oh really South by I used to play at Barcelona back in the day oh okay um my friend one of my really good friends growing up moved to Texas about 14 years ago and I've been coming to visit her every single year since oh fantastic and we would do like San Antonio Austin so I was a little bit familiar with both cities I mean it's great vibes I knew that uh, the music scene here is thriving as well so it was just made sense so it wasn't a cold move for you you had you already had a little bit of roots that were laying down up somewhat exactly I mean it was still kind of like you know moving in the middle of a pandemic Woo! you're like trying to evaluate an apartment based on the photographs they're sending you <laughs> yeah yeah I, I, I had tour. to move during the pandemic as well yes when we were still pretty when we were being pretty harsh about things down here of the little time that we were but anyway yes just trying to get the apartment based on pictures where you're like oh i don't get to go see it i have to just figure out how big this closet is okay 
Yeah, and you know, one of the things that was a little bit challenging as usually, like every time I've moved, or even, I love to travel, even when I would travel, I would always find a German bass party, and there's always like one, maybe two degrees of separation. Like anywhere you go in the world, you will meet somebody that knows somebody you know. That's, I, truer <laughs> words have never been spoken. So every time I've moved, I've been able to like, you know, make friends really quickly because you just, you go to a party and then you meet people and someone there knows somebody. In the community. You know, right. And coming here during pandemic was a little hard. Um, but since, you know, coming, coming, we're, we're sitting in a web house now for La Selva. Um, coming here, I've been able to meet so many great people and the reload shows in Austin. It's just been like really, really wonderful um, to kind of like meet some of the, some of the local Texans who are into drum and Yeah, bass. and it's a really interesting time to get involved in it because it really trims out the fat, so to speak, about the players in the scene and who's, who's really willing to put in the work and do events so the people that are somewhat into it maybe not that much they're kind of fallen by the wayside and that you're back with the people that are really really into it so i think that's a nice time to get on the ground floor of that now that we're rebuilding the scene post covid well you know where covid still exists for those of you listening if you're listening to this later in time right <laughs> covid right. still exists in this interview but um we weren't as far on the lockdowns and stuff I have to say that one of the most amazing things about the drum and bass scene is like no matter where you are in the world, it is the most loyal music scene. Like other genres, you know, they gain in popularity and then they kind of drop off and sometimes they disappear for a while. Drum and bass has been, I've, I don't want to date myself, I've been in the scene for a very long time, but it's it's been a really amazing constant worldwide it's, yes. it's really really great so when you meet somebody at German base whether they're new to it or have been with it for like decades like you know you have somebody who's very loyal to music yes it's I amazing. would agree yes I think that with drum and bass we, I joke with my friends that you you sign up it's almost like the army you sort yeah. of <laughs> that you can't just sort of like drum and bass that you when you become a drum and bass head you you sign the contract and you are a junglist yeah. <laughs> and you're committed and, and I love that so much about the scene it there it has a lot of its own culture that I really like yeah a lot like hip-hop has a lot of its own culture yeah. I think drum and bass has a lot of its own culture as well. Yeah, and I think, you know, there's also a lot of overlap with hip-hop and drum and bass. Yes, also. there is. Um, but yeah, and, and, and you know, it's true everywhere I've been, right? Like, the, the scene is very, very loyal. I used to, you know, when people would ask me, uh oh, what's drum and bass? And, you know, I used to joke around that it's an acquired taste. Yes. But once you acquire it, like, ah. Uh, Bless the amen break. <laughs> yes, bless it. Bless it. Now, do you have a drum and bass tattoo? Do you have junglist tattooed anywhere? Do you have an amen break tattooed anywhere? I don't have any tattoos. You have no tattoos at all? Which okay. is surprising because when I was a teenager, I used to spend a lot of time hanging out at a tattoo parlor. And wow, I, bet, I can't believe they didn't recruit you. They, they tried. But. <laughs> How could they not? You were a blank canvas ready to I'm go. I'm a blank canvas, yeah. So let's talk about your DJ process. Are you, uh, uh, do you have a, a favorite medium? Are you a vinyl person? Are you a controller? Or you, do you play CDJs? What's your favorite medium for DJ? So I definitely started on vinyl and loved it 
for many, many years, I was actually a pretty late adapter of, um, oh, you can probably hear drum and bass in the background. Yes. <laughs> recording. Um, I was a pretty late adopter of CDJs. Um, but what really forced me to make the push was I went on a cross-country type of tour with a record bag and just going through the airports and, you know, I, I played in Vegas and going from uh, Washington, D.C. to here in San Antonio to Vegas to San Diego, all these hot places wow. with a record bag. Oh, no. like that it's going to warp or melt or something. Sure. And I came back and, you know, it hurts your back also because, you know, I used to have a lot of records, you know, one, one maybe two. You know, most people will yes. only play one side of a record. Oh, so the Phoenix airport with a record bag is the worst. Because it always seems like I'm late. And, the, and running with a record bag, is, is it's a workout. It's well, a workout. You know, I couldn't do it now. Flying, <laughs> I'd be like, I'm going to miss my plane. Guess I'm going to oh, miss it. Oh, yeah. Flying through D.C., right? So it's heightened security. Sure. And when you put a record bag through the x-ray machine, it just looks like a giant black cylinder. Oh, no. So they will check you. Every airport, they're like, what's in the bag, <laughs> ma'am? So did you did you travel continuously when you did this tour? Yes. Um, I, it was actually kind of an interesting story. When my friend moved here to Texas, like at the same time, a bunch of my friends moved around the country. So one moved to Vegas, one moved to San Diego, one moved here. And I was really missing, these were close friends of mine. You know, they all moved like within like a couple months of each other. Mm -hmm. um, so we kind of like devised this whole trip to go visit everyone and like play a bunch of music. And it was honestly one of my favorite trips of all time. That sounds straight up magical. That it is was cool. beautiful. But I came home and I was like, guess what I'm never doing again? Traveling with a full record bag. <laughs> <laughs> and it, you know, the, the when you're playing, like the feel of vinyl is actually pretty drastically different. I agree. Than playing CDJs. It's a very different set of skills, right? And then you have like all of this visual input all of a sudden. And I mean, back then CDJs didn't have the waveform, but there's a lot of like numbers for you to process. I agree. Um, that I felt like I was kind of relearning re how to DJ. And around the same time, and this is my opinion, a lot of music was going, you know, being released, released digitally, right? And yes. the format kind of changed because with vinyl, like, you know, what you were trying to really accomplish is long, beautiful, seamless mixings. Yes. I feel like with the digital format, right, there's a lot, it's, it's more quick, um, like, because you, you, you can do long and seamless, but it was it turned more into like shorter tracks, right, being mm -hmm. produced. Mm -hmm. um, so you want to like try and pack more tracks into your set, which is kind of Guilty how I, as charged, yes. I, I, I always have like a competition with myself, how many songs I can play in an hour. I think the most yes. I ever got was like 56. Woo! <laughs> I usually average between 48 and 53. Oh, okay. Um, but, you know, it, not only was it kind of like learning new equipment, it was also kind of like a shift in the way that you mix and like how you challenge yourself. I totally agree with that. Yes. I still like the con the contextual, being able to touch it. Yeah. Like I, I could use the sync button and, and then focus on my effects or on my, on my storytelling, things like that. But for me, I've got to be able to touch it. You know, yeah. like that's what she said. But yes. <laughs> 
<laughs> but um, yeah, I just it's uh, hands-on, contextual. I still like that part of it being re inter interacting with the music in that way. For so sure. I feel you. For sure. Uh, I, I have never tried sync. It's kind of confusing to me because I came from vinyl. I don't un under I don't really understand. Like, I understand conceptually what it's doing, but I don't understand, like, how it's doing it. Mm -hmm. So all my CDJs, I always set them to vinyl mode. Yes, same so, here. Like, they, they react to, like, if I want to, like, slow it down or speed it up, I still do it manually. Yes. It's different than, you know, on turntables, you know, I never really fully mastered it, but pitch writing. Mm -hmm. Where you didn't touch the platter at That's all. what I do. I pitch ride, which is probably not good for the turntable. But yes, yes, <laughs> pitch riding. Mm -hmm. That's 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 the the most advanced technique. Is it? I think, in my opinion. Ooh la la. <laughs> are, now, are, do you you touch the record when you were the platter? Is that how you were doing it before? Yes. Well, not so much the record, but like I would always pinch the spindle. Yes, I do that. Yeah, I and did that too. Yes. I wasn't really good with with speeding it up. So mm -hmm. I would always figure out which one was going too fast and then slow that one down. Slow it down. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, this is an, an all-female uh, lineup tonight, and, uh, and I've been interviewing a bunch of dudes on this podcast, so I'm so happy uh, to have some ladies on. Um, what has been your experience as a woman in the industry? Is it, is it something that's helped you? Have, have you found that, it's, that you've had to work a little bit harder as a woman in the drum and bass scene, or has it really not played any, any, any consequence here or there for you? Um. I definitely don't think it has ever been an advantage, <laughs> um, especially so I, I got in the scene a very long time ago mm -hmm. um, and back when I first started, it, it I mean, it was definitely pretty hard to break into because, you know, it's a close knit community. And, yes. when, and when you're coming up, I was I was really young and I just kind of like decided that this is I I listened to a couple sets at the club when I was like, this is magical. And I actually started playing a different genre when I got my turntables. But my first record was actually Andy C. Body Rock. Andy C. and Shimon. Good choice. Rock. Thank you. Um, so I think things have gotten a lot more inclusive, which I love seeing in the more recent years. Very yeah. much more diverse lineups, and and people have been a little bit more conscious about um, the kind of lack of female talent. Uh, not a lack. I'm sorry, that was a very incorrect term. There has always been plenty of talent, but it has lack of female representation. I think is Thank what you, you were trying to say. Thank you, mm -hmm. and I feel like, especially what I've seen in the past, like maybe five to seven years, it has really, really turned around, which Boy, makes I hope me so. so happy. Um, especially, you know, in, in New York, there's just so much incredible diversity um, that it's it's been wonderful to kind of like see that. Yes, that is great. And I was I was asking Kelly about that too earlier. If if she has because she's uh, somewhat newer to the scene. I was curious if the experience has gotten better, and that makes me really happy to hear from you that from what you're seeing, it has gotten better, which is great. Uh, I mean, you know, when I was younger, the way that you know some people would refer to female DJs, like you wouldn't be allowed to talk to people in a public forum that way today which is like a good thing yes definitely 
you know, uh, the age of the message board was a very, very different era. Uh, it certainly was. I got, I learned, I learned how to understand the internet and message boards. Everybody gets yes. in their first message board fight. And then you kind of learn about the internet after that. So when social media came around, we'd already gotten that out of the way with, on the on the rave message boards. So I think that we can generally the ravers, especially the older ravers, can process the internet a lot better. I think because of that. I, I am nodding enthusiastically because absolutely we can absolutely. roll off these Facebook fights much better because we've already got that out of the way with the message boards. I just learned to like not respond, right? Because yes. like the the worst thing you can do is respond because then they start like you know making fun of you like why are you so defensive yes <laughs> yes and then you realize like why am i arguing with sometimes strangers like why am i doing this yes uh i used to get so i'm pretty bad at spelling <laughs> okay luckily there's not a lot of spelling in drum and bass so that that works out well for you oh yes um but I used to get I used to get teased a lot, and you know it's it never went away because you still see memes about the your your your. Yes. <laughs> oh, I see. Yes. Which I know those, but like I would always like you know misspell like little things like a instead of e or vice versa e and i, and uh, yeah, I used to get teased mercilessly on the message board. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> for grammar and spelling and you could yes. your point wouldn't get across right right um, but you know very very good learning learning curve there um, night and day with the internet today we didn't have spell check back then no we didn't that's true we didn't it would just do it yeah so I was talking with uh, uh, with, uh, with Kelly earlier about uh, being on all female lineups um, she she was saying that I, I personally don't, they, I like them. I don't mind being on them. She was in the camp where she prefers not to be on them. Where do you, where do you stand on, on all, now you are here tonight on an all female lineup, yes. but what was uh, nice about it was it wasn't projected as such. Just like, hey, come see the novelty. You know, it was just like, this is the lineup and they just happen to be all women. So. I guess I'm going to get a little controversial here. Please do. <laughs> I, I usually keep my opinions to myself, but the issue has not been the fact that it's an all-female lineup, right? The issue, for, in my opinion, was that it used to be framed as women versus women. Like, it was kind of like set up more for, for people to compete, but it's kind of like, well, why are women only being, you know, put up against other women? Why can't a female DJ, you know, compete with a male DJ? Sure. So that was kind of how, you know, I've lost count how many February 14 all-female lineups I've played in really? my life. Right, because it's like, you know, Valentine's Day, all-female lineup. That's just always been a trend. Um, I've never noticed before, but I'm going to be paying much more attention to that now. But, you know, and at first you don't realize it because you're like, oh, this is empowering. It's an all-female lineup until, like, you read the message boards and you read the comments. And, you know, it's a lot of comparing women versus women. Um, whereas, you know, a lot of these, most of these ladies, let me rephrase that, all of these ladies are just as talented as men. And Absolutely. Most of these ladies could go, you know, toe to toe with the best in the business. Absolutely. Um, so why wasn't it framed that way? Why was it framed? You sure. Know, 
uh, that we have to compete against each other. I, I feel like women should compete on a global stage, not on a, you know, one-sided stage. Well said. So, that being said, you know, I enjoy the type diversity, but, you know, because these things aren't happening on February 14th, and because yes. these things aren't being framed as, oh, look at a bunch of chicks on the decks, um, I think it's fine. You know, I, I really enjoy these parties. I am always thrilled to be sharing a stage with female talent. I, I'm always thrilled to see that women want to get into this. Like, it, it should be equal. So. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always uh, amazed at how, because I work at a tech support job during my day job, um, I'm always surprised especially at my day job too, that I find that women are a little bit more intimidated by things that are technical and I don't understand why that is because it doesn't compute for me. I'm, I'm like, I'm like, just get in there, you know? And I love that. I love to be inclusive with it, you know, to make it more accessible. When I do, if I do mentor another female DJ, trying to, yeah, make it more inclusive, make it more accessible. Get in there with the technology and and remember you're the boss don't let it control you you're the one in control of the technology things like that well i i will tell you so when i first was trying to like figure out how to dj right mm -hmm. it was at a friend's house and every time i would try like i would get man mansplained so hard i'm shaking my head here oh by, girl by people to be honest that didn't know much more than me <laughs> you know i have had when I was first starting out, I'm not even kidding, my first big show, a guy came up and tried to move the pitch on my turntable for me. Oh no. And I slapped his hand so Good. hard. Um, so my, my answer was, I actually went out and I bought a pair of my own turntables and I used to practice every day after school and sometimes during lunch until I figured it out on my own with no help like just like practice 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 um i don't think that happens as much anymore <laughs> i agree you can read the waveforms and yes now when i when i teach people i was much harder on them now i would probably be a little bit less because of the points that you're bringing up uh that i used to start with all the gear not connected and i'm like first thing you have to do is is assemble this because you're going to go to gigs when you're first starting out and the gear may not be put together because you're in the side room where that that everybody didn't pay for you're in the locals room and yes. people haven't heard of you yet and so yes you're gonna have to learn how to do these things so and then i would start them on vinyl and then eventually get over to digital but now i now i'm just like just use the waveforms and then work your way it's a different workflow yeah but I've learned that there's benefits to it too, that you can do a lot more layering and effects and things like that, real-time sampling and looping, where you couldn't do that before because you were focused so much on the fundamentals. Uh, I couldn't agree more. The one, th the one skill that I think still like holds true and is valuable is being able to, being able to uh, mix by ear without looking at the displays. Definitely. Right. So if you can do, and that's that's what mixing on vinyl. The final like, mission. Right. No like, waveforms. No, and and I, you know, when I was learning CDJs, that's what I did. I would cover it up because otherwise, like, I would get distracted. With yes. Um, and I think 
if you can do that, if you can like completely beat match by ear without looking at any of the other information, you will be fine no matter what setup comes your way. And let me tell you, back in the day, the setups used to uh, vary very widely based on where you were. I don't know if you yes, no, no, no. It definitely happens down here too. The 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 tape with rubber bands to prevent turntables from skipping because they were too close to people oh, jumping. Oh yes, yes, I do remember that. You have been doing this a while. <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you just you keep on going. Uh, you've got some shows coming up. Uh, would you like to mention anything you've got coming up here? We'll give you a minute to. Yes, I do have a couple coming up. Uh, let me just double check my calendar to make sure I have okay, my. Okay, while you're pulling that out, uh, do you have a, a SoundCloud or do you have a? Are you on MixCloud? Where can we find your mixes? I am primarily on SoundCloud, so SoundCloud.com/slash/inak. That's I-N-N-A-K, and then uh, you can catch me. Um, in two weeks on the 23rd here in San Antonio for Frequencies of Bass and on the 29th um, at That would Relo be in April 2022. Oh, yes. Thank you. Uh, 29th of April um, in Austin for Reload. All right. Thanks a lot for coming out. Thanks a lot for playing tonight and uh, for this interview. This has been the Blend interview with Inna Kay. Thank you so much for having me, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. You have just listened to the Blend Low End Theory Mix Series interviews with the Reverend Kathy Russell.